that uh, y'all enjoy it. Thank you. I don't need that. Okay. <laughs> It'll be worse with it. Good morning. So Jillian already told you that my presentation is excellent, so I should stop now, right? Before I prove I'm wrong. Um, <clears throat> this is the unofficial title of my presentation, The Chiropractic Identity Crisis. The actual title of the presentation is Primary Care Provider, Portal of Entry, and the Disconnect in Chiropractic Education Training and Practice is the patient or the profession at the center. Okay. In terms of sort of wading into this, I want to put some thoughts in your head, some questions in your head, some sort of self-reflection on this in terms of this topic. The first is, do you personally believe that you were trained as a primary health care provider, okay? Just kind of let that filter through your synapses as we're, you know, wading into this topic. And the obvious questions that come up when you ask yourself that question is, what is a primary health care provider? And what is a primary health care provider compare, in comparison to and contrasted with a portal of entry provider? For probably the better part of the past decade, in my incoming 12th quarter class at Life University, day one in class, I would, we would hand out an essay question. And it's a comparison and contrast essay question. And the student was asked to compare and contrast a primary health care provider with a portal of entry provider. Understanding that the mission at Life University's College of Chiropractic is to train chiropractors to be primary health care providers. Okay? Of course, then they also say it's focused on the vertebral subluxation, but the mission is to train primary health care providers. So here I am at the end of the educational program, okay, 12 quarters, so they've already been there for two and a half years, if not longer, and they're showing up on my doorstep, <coughs> and my assumption is, They've been trained as primary health care providers. So now let's apply primary health care to special patient populations. Right? That's what my class was. And overwhelmingly, what I found over that decade is the students had no freaking idea what a primary health care provider was. They certainly couldn't compare and contrast the two of them. Okay? So we have all of this stuff out there in the profession, all of the institutions. If you go to any of the chiropractic college websites, including Sherman, including Life, including Life West, including Cleveland, okay, these are supposedly the subluxation-focused schools, and you look at their websites, you will see this notion on their websites that they are training primary health care clinicians primary health care providers. So they're telling the public this. Okay? We're telling the public this. We're telling patients this. We're telling legislators this. We're telling the government this. We're telling the accreditors this. 
Okay? It's not something we can hide because it's on the internet. It's on their websites. So let this sort of mull around in your head while we get into this. And I want to make a point about, you know, th there's been dis some discussion about drugs and chiropractic and all that kind of stuff. <clears throat> drugs and chiropractic are a red herring. And, and we really need to understand this. And the reason why I make a big deal about this is because even the folks on our side, okay, the folks that are on the in the subluxation camp, the leadership, the organization, they are all focused on the drugs, and we got to keep that out of chiropractic. Meanwhile, they're teaching primary care in their schools. Without understanding that in order to be a primary health care provider, by definition, you must be able to prescribe drugs. There's no debate about that. This isn't an argument. This isn't up for discussion. It's a fact. Okay. So what's happening is our leadership on our side is sort of doing an intellectual sleight of hand on this and getting us to focus on the drugs. Oh, we've got to keep the drugs out, but we'll be primary care providers. No, you won't, because you can't be a primary care provider without being able to prescribe drugs. I have at the top of this slide here, I skipped this, this statement about the chiropractic cartel. And uh, I'm gonna, I don't want to make an assumption that everybody understands that there is a cartel operating within the chiropractic profession. I talk about it all the time, but I don't know if everybody in the room understands this. There are groups of organizations within the chiropractic profession that control the regulatory licensing and educational functions of the entire profession. Okay? And that cartel has a monopoly in the profession. They control it. And they control it through licensing. And the way they control it through licensing is you cannot get a license to practice chiropractic in 97% of the states in this country unless you graduate from a CCE accredited institution. Okay? That is a monopoly. There's no reason for this to exist other than the cartel wants to be able to control the educational and licensing functions of the profession. And this is how they do it. They started this process in 1974 when they got or finally got recognized by the United States Department of Education, when the CC finally got recognized by the US Department of Education. And in 74, once they got that recognition, the CCE went to the FCLB, the Federation of Chiropractic Licensing Boards, and they said, hey, we did our job. Now you got to do yours. You got to change the laws in all the states to make it mandatory that people graduate from a CCE school in order to get licensed, and then that will give us control over the profession. And that's exactly what they did over the ensuing 30 to 40 years. And that's why we find ourselves in the mess that we find ourselves today because of that. When we talk about this movement in the profession towards primary care, let's understand that it's not something new. 
The date on this document is March 2002. This is volume one, number one, of the Journal of Chiropractic Medicine. Sometimes God just gives you a gift, you know? Here you go, have some fun with this for the next 15 years. I mean, you can imagine Winterstein's face when this was put on his desk, right? Because they're not going to reprint this. You know, he's stuck with that cover. You know, if you want to be a doctor of chiropractic medicine, at least know how to spell a freaking word, right? <laughs> In this issue and the subsequent two issues of this journal, and I want you to pay 2002, okay? How long ago this was. And understand that the whole notion of chiropractors as primary care providers was being put into CC's accreditation standards way back in the 70s. So this is not new. It's new to chiropractors because chiropractors don't pay attention to politics. Okay? They're not engaged, they're not involved, they don't care, just like they don't care about research. Chiro the only thing chiropractors care less about than research is politics in this profession. So this journal comes out, and in this issue and the subsequent two issues, they lay out their plan for turning chiropractic into primary care, tiering the profession, and creating this notion of an advanced chiropractic physician. All of these things have come to pass. Now, when this first came out, Dr. Kent and I are reading this, and we're running around like Chicken Little. Right? The sky is falling, the sky is falling, everybody's, you know, oh, there they go again. Nobody listened, nobody cared. And here we are today, now 2016, and their plan has come to fruition. The profession is calling itself a primary care profession. The profession is tiered. There are two classes of chiropractors in this profession now. There are the regular chiropractors, and there are the advanced chiropractors, okay? And that's where the advanced practice comes in. <clears throat> this is just one of the papers from, uh, from that journal, Strength and Diversity, Professional and Legislative Opportunities in Primary Care by the Recognition, Defining, and Promotion of the Licensure of Chiropractic Medical Education Competencies and Skills, okay? <clears throat> this is how they broke it down. They said, let's promote that there, are, there exist two distinct groups of doctors of chiropractic. Over here are the basic trained DC who focuses on neuromusculoskeletal or vertebral subluxation specialists and their portal of entry providers. Then you have over here the doctor of advanced, right? Advanced DC, trained doctor of chiropractic. And this DC practices primary care, prescribes drugs, so forth and so on. Okay, they laid this all out. This is 2002. This is current. This is June of 2015. Okay, Florida Chiropractic Association to push primary care. Let me explain how this came up. We were at a, uh, a hearing, Dr. Kent and I were at this hearing in Florida, and Florida had the opportunity to remove the word medicine from the statute, to remove physician from the statute, to remove CCE-only language from the statute, and to get rid of the bachelor's degree requirement to enter chiropractic college, uh, or to get a license in the state, I should say. And everybody felt good because 
our folks were on the board. And we thought, oh, this is a no-brainer. Well, guess what? Our folks decided to keep all that stuff in the law. Our side made that decision. And while we're at this meeting, the attorney for the Florida Chiropractic Association stands up and says, yeah, you can't do this because, you know, we're pushing primary care in this state. Not only do we want to keep all that stuff, we want to go beyond. And I don't know if any of you are familiar with the law in the state of Florida, but you can do anything you want in the state of Florida as long as it's not delivering babies, prescribing drugs, or doing surgery. You can do everything else. You can diagnose and treat every disease known to man except those things. But that's not enough for the chiropractor. They want to be primary care providers. This is recent, 2016. The ACA wants to remove the subluxation stuff from Medicare because what the cartel is pushing right now is Medicare is primary care so that you can provide all of the services within your scope of practice in your state under Medicare and get paid for it. That's what we're pushing. And, and if you haven't figured out the theme already in this profession, it's not about the patient. It's about money. It's all about the Benjamins. That's it. That's the bottom line. They don't care about the patient. They care about the chiropractor in this model. Here's the definition of primary health care, a part of it from the World Health Organization. I'm going to point out a couple of things. There's a lot of you know, big word salad here on the screen. Addresses the main health problems in the community. Think about that for a second. Okay, so I want you to be thinking about the responsibilities of a primary health care provider and what that is. If you look at number three, includes at least education concerning prevailing health problems, methods of preventing and controlling them. Think about prevention and all of the responsibilities that fall under your responsibility, if you say you're a primary health care provider, in terms of what you're responsible for, for for the prevention of disease in your community. Promotion of food supply, proper nutrition, safe water, sanitation, maternal child health care, immunization. Immunization is a responsibility of primary health care providers. And, and not to tell them not to get it, by the way. Appropriate treatment of common diseases and injuries and provision of, check out that word, essential drugs. Not just drugs, and you may not have known until this morning that there is something called essential drugs. There are drugs that humans cannot live without on this planet. And primary health care providers need to be able to prescribe them. Talking about drugs, the majority of the profession... And again, this is, I'm not going to debate anybody or argue about this. You go look at the data, and then we'll have a discussion about it. The majority of people in this profession want to be able to prescribe drugs. We have survey after survey after survey that have been done on this. It's not even, you, you, it, there's no argument here. This is what the profession wants, the majority of people in the profession. This is, this is from the McDonald study. This is going back over 10 years. And going back over 10 years... 49% of the chiropractors wanted to be able to prescribe drugs. This is recent in Ontario, 62% of them want to prescribe drugs. I could show you surveys from Alabama, Connecticut, and other states where they're surveying their members in their states and showing this same data. 
Majority of chiropractors want drugs. 19 states right now that we know about, I'm sure there are others, there's just 19 we know about, are actively pursuing scope expansion similar to what happened in New Mexico. And I probably should not assume that everybody understands that there are chiropractors right now in New Mexico prescribing drugs. They're the first state that adopted this advanced chiropractic physician model. So you can no longer say that the chiropractic profession is drugless. It's not. There are chiropractors tomorrow morning in their practice in New Mexico that will be prescribing drugs. And there are 19 other states we know about actively pursuing the same scope that they have. You may have, if you're paying attention to what's going on in chiropractic politics recently, you may know that the CCE recently put out the standards for accreditation for review and revision to the profession. A lot of hoopla about this, and there's hoopla about it on all sides of the, you know, the spectrum. One of the main things that they did in this revision, this most recent revision, is they are removing the entire preface of the standards. And the reason they're removing it is because there's a lot of contention around it. Because in the preface, primary care is mentioned several times. Primary care chiropractic physicians, an accredited DCP prepares its graduates to practice as primary care chiropractic physicians. The understanding that in order to uh, competently practice as a primary care chiropractic physician, DCP education trains its graduates to practice primary health care as a portal of entry provider for patients of all ages and genders, focusing on the inherent ability of the body to heal and enhance function without unnecessary drugs or surgery. You notice that unnecessary drugs, right? Because chiropractors are all for the necessary ones, right? Languaging is very important. And that language there is not by accident. And it goes on to describe you know, what you should be able to do as a, as a primary health care provider in the standards. So the CCE is proposing to completely remove all of that language from the preface. And what they're doing in the forward is sticking with this language. Okay? So this is the current proposed language in the forward of the CCE standards. The CCE does not define or support any specific philosophy regarding the principles and practice of chiropractic, nor do the CCE standards support or accommodate any specific philosophical or political position. The standards do not establish the scope of chiropractic practice. Okay? Notice that. CC saying, hey, we're not going to mess with your philosophy. Relax, you crazy chiropractors. Calm down. I'm not going to take anything away from you. You do whatever you want terms of your philosophy. But in the very next paragraph, the CCE does exactly that. They state accreditation requirements focus on student learning outcomes that prepare Doctor of Chiropractic program graduates to serve as competent, caring, patient-centered, and ethical primary healthcare professionals. Right? So what's happening is the CCE is running around saying, hey, you guys, relax, straight chiropractors. We're getting rid of the preface. We're taking all this primary care out of the preface. They're not telling you or making a big deal about the fact that they're leaving it in the forward. Okay? And then the scary part, 
And this is what is so infuriating, is that the leaders on our side aren't saying anything about this. Because that's the deal that was struck two and a half years ago when the CC went before the United States Department of Education and we actually had the first time in decades the potential of putting CC in its place. And what happened? The leadership on our side of the profession made a deal with the CC. And now you see the outcome of that deal. So there's enough there that our side can say to its rank and file, oh, listen, we got what we wanted. Don't worry about it. You know, you, you, you got to change them from within. You got to have a seat at the table and all that other bullshit that they try to get us to swallow. This is the old language, okay, which is exactly the same as the new in the forward. So no reason to go over that. So what's your flavor in terms of what's out there? You want to be a primary care provider? Or do you want to be, as Dr. Russell talked about yesterday, do you want to be a primary spine care provider? Or do you want to do what Life University is doing and be a vitalistic primary health care provider, whatever the hell that is? Vitalistic nutrition. That somehow is different than just regular old nutrition. Right? It's kind of like functional. You put functional in front of something, and it's the newest thing. Functional neurology, functional nutrition, functional exercise. It's just exercise. Or do we want to be a specialist in the location analysis and correction of vertebral subluxation? You know, what do we want to be? This is an identity issue. Let's understand something in terms of portal of entry versus primary care. Primary care has attributes. These are the attributes of primary care. Primary care is accessible. You should be able to access primary health care 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Are you available to your patients 24 hours a day, seven days a week? And why the hell would you want to be? Primary care providers are accountable. What are they accountable for? Everything. Primary care providers have the most responsibility of any health care provider out there. The most responsibility. You're responsible for everything going on with that patient. Primary care providers are responsible for coordination of care. A primary care provider cannot just tell a patient, go see an MD. A primary care provider needs to tell them which MD to go and help them through that process, hold their hand through that process, and coordinate that care. And if the referral that they make, let's say they send them to an orthopedist, if that orthopedist doesn't do what they're supposed to do, the primary health care provider has to know that the orthopedist didn't do what they were supposed to do and get on the phone and say, yo, this patient needs an MRI. How come you didn't send it for an MRI? That's the responsibility of a primary health care provider. Continuity of care. Primary care provider is responsible through the lifetime of that patient. We heard Bill Deccan yesterday talk about he's been in practice a long time. 30 years, did you say? He pointed out how he's taking care of people from cradle to grave during that period of time. Continuity of care. So he is expressing one of the attributes of a primary health care provider. Okay? But what about comprehensiveness of care? Okay? Primary care providers are responsible for everything about that patient, every disease, every diagnosis, everything. And you heard Billy gave a great example. 
You know, he's got this continuity care where he's taking care of people cradle to grave. But when somebody comes in and they tell Bill, hey, you know, I'm having chest pain, shortness of breath, and arm pain, I doubt Bill's getting out his stethoscope and going to try to diagnose and manage this person's potential myocardial infarction. He's going to send them out to somebody else. Okay? So the biggest problem we have in chiropractic is relative to this comprehensiveness of care. You are responsible for everything as a primary health care provider. And I would challenge anybody that's been through chiropractic college recently or even years ago to convince me that you've learned how to practice as a primary health care provider, especially under this attribute of comprehensiveness of care. Because if you say yes, we're going to start having conversations about prostate exams, gynecological exams, heart exams, and the list could go on. This is a statement from the current Chancellor of Palmer University. And this has to do with uh, expanding the scope in the state of Washington. And this is what he said about the comprehensiveness of chiropractic training. Chiropractors in general and Palmer graduates specifically are highly trained in providing comprehensive health evaluations. So the president of the founding college of chiropractic says you are trained in that attribute. The Association of Chiropractic Colleges says this objective is shared by the profession's national trade associations, the ACA, and the International Chiropractors Association. Another statement from the Association of Chiropractic Colleges, the goal of the chiropractic profession in the United States is to provide health care in the role of a primary care chiropractic provider. And it's clear that the training a doctor of chiropractic receives is consistent with serving in that capacity. I mean, what color is the sky in their world? The same concept is shared by the Council on Chiropractic Education International in their standards. The purpose of, the, of his or her professional education is to prepare the chiropractor as a primary health care provider. Only a chiropractor would want to be the least paid and have the most responsibility in health care. Only a chiropractor, right? The reason we have a crisis in health care is because of the shortage of primary health care providers because there's no freaking money in it. There's no money in it, and you have the most responsibility for your patients than any other healthcare provider. So nobody outside of chiropractic wants it, but here come the chiropractors. Oh, I'll do that. I don't want to be a primary care provider. It's absurd. What's, and, you know, forget about the clinical stuff. Just put all that crap aside for a second. Let's think about this from a marketing perspective. What is our unique strategic competitive advantage? Exercise, nutrition, diet, sleep, positive mental attitude, drugs, primary care? Or is it the location analysis and correction of vertebral subluxation? Why don't we be specialists in that and charge the fees of a specialist and not worry about dealing with all this other stuff that a primary health care has to deal with, primary care providers got to deal with and not get paid for it? People have gone through the spectrum of care this weekend. You know, the, the facts remain that this pathogenic model, even if you practice as a specialist in location analysis, correction of vertebral subluxation, in that model, whether it's pathogenic, therapeutic, salutogenic, non-therapeutic, or metatherapeutic, 
you are still responsible to make a decision about whether or not the patient belongs in your office right now. Ultimately, that's the decision you have to make as a chiropractor. This, and this concept is triage, okay? Just to give you a flavor, I'm winding up here, but just to give you a flavor of what's going on out there in the real world, you know, I get to see the seedy underside of this profession running a malpractice insurance program. So I get to see what happens to chiropractors that try to practice straight chiropractic while all the leaders running around saying, oh, everything is hunky-dory. And they're leaving their members out to dry. This guy, I won't tell you what state it is, they're trying to take his license away from him. This is a young kid, five years out of school. These are four of the charges against him. This is the state board, by the way. He takes no vital signs on patients. His physical examination is limited to the identification of spinal subluxations. He doesn't record a diagnosis other than the spinal subluxation for any patient. He performs spinal manipulations on all patients without first documenting the need for such treatment. Now that's not true. The first two are true. Number three is not true because he does an exam, but they don't think it meets the standard of care, his exam, because it's just focused on subluxation, so they're saying he's not documented. The last one, he allows patients to determine the number and frequency of spinal manipulations they receive, thereby abdicating his professional responsibility to develop treatment plans tailored to the needs of individual patients, right? This is a membership practice. They don't like that. Okay, I'm telling you right now, if you are practicing in a membership model, the state boards are looking for you. They don't like it. And they go through and, and describe how he has violated the standard of care by doing those five things, referring to what the schools are teaching. So all of this refers to the fact that you were taught to be a physician, you were taught to be a primary health care provider, and you're not doing that. So a lot of chiropractors think, well, listen, I can train me broadly, and I will practice narrowly. Well, the state board is saying, no, you can't do that. You know, that, that live and let live mantra that was po uh, uh, popular in the 90s is no longer the case in 2016 within our profession. <clears throat> By the way, this is the definition of chiropractic in the state where they're trying to take his license away. Chiropractic is herein defined to be the science of adjusting the cause of disease by realigning the spine, releasing pressure on nerves, radiating from the spine to all parts of the body, and allowing the nerves to carry their full quota of health current, nerve energy, from the brain to all parts of the body. They're saying that he cannot practice to the scope in the state. That he can't do that. At this hearing with this guy, and I heard it first from the chiropractor in my first consult with him. You know, he tells me that at the beginning of the meeting, he's sitting before the board, and the chair of the board leaned over the table, pounded the table, and said, you know, we've seen a few like you before, and we'll more likely see more like you after, but we will shut you down. This is what he says he told him. I, I mean, I was a little, you know, I, I didn't know if I should believe this guy. And then I spoke to his attorney after the hearing. And the attorney told me the same thing. The attorney was like, I never saw anything like this in all my years of practicing regulatory law where, where a chair of the board would say something like that at the beginning of a hearing. Unfortunately, it's not uncommon in chiropractic. So in terms of this patient-centered 
notion is it patient-centered to pretend that you have the knowledge, skill, and clinical attributes of a primary health care provider? Or is it fraud? I mean, you know, we get so, we get so bogged down in our own little world that we have, we have like no concept of the, how the rest of the world would look at us. Because if you're a thinking person, you're able to think critically, and you were to actually look at this profession that's calling itself primary care, and, and you knew what we actually know about that, about the reality of whether or not we're training them to be primary care providers, you'd say there, there's a massive fraud going on here. So I don't think it's patient-centered to pretend to be that you're something you're not. I didn't stay in a holiday and I stayed at a Hampton Inn. So what can be done about this? I mentioned the CC-only language. We need to remove that language from every state in this country. We need to remove the National Board of Chiropractic Examiners mandates because they have a monopoly on the profession. Why are they the only testing organization that's allowed to determine whether or not you're competent? I mean, who made this freaking decision? And, and better yet, who allows it to continue? Regulatory boards and restraint of trade, I don't have time to go into that, but you should become aware of what happened in North Carolina with the dentists, with the dental profession, and the Supreme Court case that resulted from that. We have an incredible opportunity right now in this profession to seize on that Supreme Court decision and undo all this bullshit and just get rid of it. Portal of entry issue we've discussed, and we need an alternative accrediting agency. Right? We need to get rid of this monopoly that the CC has and have an alternative to what they're doing. You know, chiropractors love to put this stuff up, right? Oh, we can do it. It only takes a few people to change the world. Well, the reality is in chiropractic, this is all it took. Chuck just took these seven people who sat on the state board of New Mexico to change a profession that used to be drugless into a profession that also includes drugs. It changed the very nature of this profession. I've had uh, discussions with Doggett, the, who is the chair of the board when this happened, and as much as I hate what he did to this profession, I have to admire his tenacity, because he'll tell you it took him 30 years to do it. 30 years he worked on this to change that. That was his mission, and he set out to accomplish it, and he accomplished it. Don't think that anything I'm talking about here is going to happen in your lifetime because it's not. We have to let that go. All this stuff with the CCE and National Board and changing that, that's going to take a few generations of chiropractors in order to change it because the apathy is so deep in this profession. And most people in the profession want to be primary care and want to prescribe drugs. So you can imagine what it's going to take to undo all of that. But it's possible. A few people can do it. They did it in New Mexico. Thank you. Appreciate your time today.
Great questions. Uh, so the first is the state board issue. Number one, the ultimate goal should be for our kind to get on the state board, okay, ultimately. Uh, because we need a majority on these boards, okay? Because just because we have two quote-unquote straight chiropractors on the board doesn't mean you're going to have the majority of votes. So we got we to gotta get the majority of votes on these state boards. And the way you get on your state board is how? Governor. How do you get your governor to put you on the state board? Give money. money. Right, let's do the money hum, okay? That's how, you get, that's how you get on the state board. You give money to your governor so that he will listen to you when there's an open seat on the board. That's number one. 
And in the meantime, while you're trying to get control of the state board, you need to go to the state board meetings. You need to show up, and you need to show up with a bunch of people so that you know, we know what's going on in these states. The reason New Mexico was able to do what it did was because nobody's paying attention. Nobody was going to the state board meetings. Everybody thinks, you know, it happened overnight. Oh, they had a board meeting, and they put drugs in. No, it took 30 years for them to put drugs in New Mexico. The problem is nobody was paying attention, okay? So you've got to show up at these meetings. You've got to know what's going on, and you've got to report back to the rest of the profession. In terms of the other piece of, of your question, in terms of colleagues and trying to change that mindset, you know, that can be do, done through state associations if there is a quote-unquote straight association in your state. What I'm seeing and experiencing these days, though, is there is not much difference between the straight organization in the state and the more medically oriented association in the state. And what's happening is the difference really is just this issue of drugs, right? And so, oh, everybody, you know, the, the straight organization says we don't want drugs, and the mixer one says we want drugs, so that's the difference, but that's not really the difference. So it's an educational issue that I think we got to, you know, overcome. And I'm not saying this is easy. Like I said, I mean, we're talking generations at this point. Absolutely. Well, and that's the distinction, and let's make sure I made it clear that the, our status as portal of entry providers already exists in every statute in this country. I mean, anybody can walk into a chiropractor's office without a referral, okay? So we don't need to change anything with that. What we need to do is stop our colleagues from trying to expand the scope beyond portal of entry to primary care. Yeah, just so before you go down that rabbit hole, just understand where I'm coming from. I don't give a shit about the insurance companies. The, we should not change the nature of our profession because we want to get paid from a third party. That, that's, that's...
but, th but that's a marketing issue. That's, that's a market. Our profession is a marketing issue. I know. We've got to get out of it. We've we got to get out of it. Listen, we're going to have no choice but to get out of it. it it's over. <laughs> I mean, how much more insurance do you think there's going to be in the next 10, 20, 30 years? I mean, it's over. You know, we need to learn how to market ourselves, market our unique strategic competitive advantage so that people take cash out of their pocket and pay us for it. That's what we need to do. Not, not you know, do what we need, do, do whatever we have to do so that we can get paid by a third party or the government or anybody else. That's my sense. Oh, absolutely. This, I mean, this is, this is well entrenched, portal of entry status. There is no state in this country that, that can stop a patient from going into a chiropractor's office without a referral. Now, if they're in a network or something else, that's a whole different issue. Yeah, they, they may not get reimbursed from their insurance company. But you know whose problem that is? That's the patient's problem. That's not our problem. Thank you, Matt. Thanks.